Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining me on the show today is a prodigy. His name's Maximilian Mader, or Max. He's a Singaporean kite foiler, and he's been creating a lot of news recently. He's only 15 years old, and he is Singapore's next big thing. Now we're talking Olympics. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Max. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So, Max, you were born in Singapore, but your dad is Swiss. Your mom is Singaporean. Tell me about those early days growing up in Singapore. You know, I, yeah, I, would, I would go a lot between uh, Singapore and Switzerland. And also, the something that I can't do now is I would go to a dive resort called Wakatobi. And that's actually where I learned kiting. And um, it was very nice. I also remember, you know, kind of feels like almost forever since COVID and uh, how, how free you were before then. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's very nice. I hop between, you know, those three places a lot. Yeah, you certainly did. You know, in terms of kite foiling, because... A lot of people get into other sports, let's say like football, tennis, badminton, table tennis, all these other ones, but you decided to focus on kite foiling. What was your earliest memory of the sport? My earliest memory is, you know, I believe my father introduced me to it and he encouraged me to, to just try it since he was having fun with it and he thought it would be a good sport for me. And uh, I got on the board and I believe this was when I was six, seven years old. And he just told me to give it a try and then uh, we had a few sessions and I kind of enjoyed it. I, I liked it. And, you know, during the winter, I would be in Switzerland to go um, to go skiing. And then um, I, in the summer, yeah, I would be in there for kiting because I chose kiting a little more just because it uses your legs just like skiing and and then um yeah it kind of felt simpler to me and less you know physically taxing yeah the whole sport is kite surfing but you specialize in kite foiling kite foiling i tried when i was uh 11 it's quite frustrating because it took a long time long time to to learn it right but uh i got it in the end but uh, yeah with 11 i was i was trying to kite foil specifically i switched from the normal kite surfing right and yeah it, it was just uh really frustrating in the beginning because it took months and multiple attempts to to, to learn it right because back then you didn't have so much uh back then the way i say it <laughs> you're 15 <laughs> when it, yeah exactly during that time you didn't have so many resources to learn well and to you know to make it easier for yourself so and also since i was uh weaker then it, it was more difficult as well to get the board up etc etc so it, it was difficult but in the end i managed and you know as soon as i got up on that foil i i knew it was absolutely this is the sport for me this is what i was gonna do was it because it was so challenging that you were you know even more determined to conquer getting on the board rather than work on another sport let's say I believe it was it was quite frustrating, like I said, but I believe it was the rewarding feeling I got when I, as soon as I got up on that, and you know, the thing you've been working so hard to get and trying so much to, to achieve, and then, you know, you manage to get up on it, and it's a great feeling with or without all the challenging stuff behind you. That's what really got me, yeah. Yeah, and it's certainly promising. From there, Max, you've done, uh, you've achieved a lot in a very young career that you've had, although plagued 
by the COVID-19 pandemic. You said you started kitefoiling when you were 11, you're 15 and now. What's trading like? We're, we're saying pre-COVID. What was trading like for you? Actually, pre-COVID, I, I wasn't so, uh, I wasn't doing so well. The, the best time for me was when COVID came around. And, and then I really started actually taking it seriously, funnily enough. It was a coincidental timing. But, you know, before COVID, I, I wasn't, first of all, you know, I haven't grown quite strong yet. And I was still a bit younger and still didn't know if I was going to pursue it full time and, you know, invest all of my time into it and, you know, have a future in here. So I was just, yes, I was training. Uh, going to places, uh, going to events, but I I didn't take it nearly as seriously as I do now. And if I were to ask you, you know, a day in the life of Max Mader, you know, when you're doing your kite foiling, what does that look like? Yes. Be pre-COVID, that looked like, you know, I would usually get up. I would have a um, Chinese lesson, probably get some breakfast. Depending on the wind, I would either go out in the morning or in the afternoon. And the rest of the time, I would fill out with, um, with the studying as well. And then something recreational to enjoy. During COVID, <laughs> funnily enough, it was just a little more training time. But the fact that, you know, I didn't go to school to learn, right, means that it didn't change much except for the fact that I only went out to go kiting. I wouldn't go out to do, you know, other recreational things or, or uh, you know, meet with people. I would just be indoors, except for when I was kiting. Funnily enough, it was, you know, while other others were trying to adjust to learning at home and stuff, it was business as usual for me. As you mentioned there, the pandemic sort of helped you along the way because you're training a lot more. And, uh, you know, getting to grips with the whole sport and, of course, mastering it. We're in conversation with Maximilian Mader. He's a Singaporean kite foiler making all the headlines in the world. He's actually Singapore's next Olympic hope. Now, Max, I did say you're the next big thing out of Singapore. Still only 15, right? Has that sunk in yet? When you look back on your short career to everything that you've achieved so far, do you have to pinch yourself that you're only 15? I don't see it that way. I look at it like this. You know, the amount of effort you put in and also how much you're physically capable of is what defines you as, you know, how capable you are, what potential you have and what future you have. Of course, age comes in at that. But, you know, I've been competing with adults ever since I started. Right. I never kiting is not so big as a sport that you could run a junior circuit uh, yeah. four years ago. So I had to compete with adults. And, and then I just got accustomed to the fact that, you know, I'm younger than the others, but that's OK. Because I, I try just as hard and, uh, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a great support network and great people helping me. And if I uh, train just like them, I don't see any reason why, you know, I should be looked at much differently. But yes, you know, once more attention had been put on me and um, it does matter a bit that I'm young because I felt the pressure and I felt uh, I had to find a way to deal with it and, and, and see that, you know, also leverage a bit the fact that even though I don't regard it as much that, you know, I'm still 15 and I still am, you know, not the most uh, capable in all things, right? Yeah, and training with all these adults, Max, you mentioned there, of course, you can't have a junior circuit, but working with them, how has that helped you uh, sort of improve your skills and just get better every single day? It helped in the sense that, you know, you have this mentality that you don't have excuses to say like, oh, yes, I'm only this age, so I have time to learn in the future. No, you're trying to compete and you're trying to learn and get to the top just as fast as the, the other adults who, who started uh, around your time, maybe, you know, they're improving as well. And you're not going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait until I'm 18 to get here or, you know, I'm going to wait until I'm 20 to be at the top or whatever. No, you, you try. You try from the beginning and you don't let it hold you back. But you see it rather as an advantage to say, yes, I can learn faster than them because I'm younger. And look, and that it gave me this sort of mentality to play to my advantage 
and uh, use it uh, positively and say, you know, ha, wow, look at me. I'm 15 and I can beat some of the adults, you know, which feels great to, for yourself. And also, so play to your advantage is what I'm saying, right? Basically, to use it so that you use it to empower yourself almost. And if it, don't, if it doesn't empower you, just disregard it. Yeah, you don't have to wait exactly like what you said there. I mean, we can look at the example of Sky Brown, the uh, British Japanese skateboarder. She was only 13 when she competed at the Tokyo Olympic Games just recently. And she was awesome. You know, she did so well. And there was a lot of hype as well. And she lived up to it. Max, you've been, you know, participating in all these competitions. You were in Oman in December last year, 2021. And you managed to win the World Sailing Youth World Championship. What did that mean for you on a personal note? On a personal note, you know, I have this uh, wonderful rival and I guess it's safe to call him a, a friend as well uh, from Italy. And, he, you know, we really push each other to, to go to go farther. And I see I regard him as, you know, the benchmark to beat usually. Right. Uh, of course, others are coming in now as my level goes higher. But, yeah, I, I consider him my benchmark to, to beat. And I, if I beat him, if nothing else, then then I'd probably be happy in an event, probably. But, you know, getting ahead of him and winning the Youth World Championships uh, in a different organizer again, it's great to see that it wasn't a fluke for the first time that I, that I wanted and I still have the capability and to, to beat a rival like that. It meant a bit on a, on a personal level, for sure. Yeah, and you celebrated that win by going back to Switzerland. I mean, you were craving uh, a lot of Singaporean food. What did you have? Of course. I, you know, I have, first of all, I had to have the curry puff. Mm. That's uh, one of my favorite food to, to eat when I'm outside of Singapore, but it's Singaporean. And also had to have the Singaporean chicken curry. Of course. And um, all sorts of different Asian foods as well. I was slowly beginning to crave it since I was spending so much time in, in Europe and, you know, didn't come back to Asia for such a long time. And now that you're back in Singapore, I mean, momentarily before you go off again for your next competition, what have you been doing here? Have you been eating out every single day, just trying to make the most of every experience you have? Yes, I have. I believe except for two times when I was with my family and they specifically called me to, you know, eat inside. I went out to eat and uh, satisfied every craving that I had. And what was the best thing that you've had since you've been back so far? Oh my, that's a great question. Um at the old airport road uh, food center. Okay. And I had a very nice, you know, just a combination of all Singaporean foods like carrot cake, fried kwetiau, satay, just stuff like that. And, and you know, it was really good. I always have to say that that was the best dinner I've had up until now. Just a feast, you know, <laughs> just making sure you satisfy every craving while you're here. Max, what would it mean, to, because you were born in Singapore. I mean, I did mention earlier, your mom's Singaporean, your dad's from Switzerland. What would it mean for you to represent Singapore at the Olympics? Now, the next one's in Paris, of course, in 2024. How are you feeling uh, about that? Great question. I, I don't know, because I haven't had the Olympics in my sights uh, up until eight months ago, something like that, because it just recently got announced as an Olympic sport. And, you know, they, they just changed it to individual Olympics so that you didn't have to do a relay. If it was relay, you know, it would be much harder for me. But uh, since now it's an individual, then, yeah, you know, I'm sort of first coming to terms to say, uh, yeah, I'm not only working to rise to the top, but I'm working to participate in or, you know, go for uh, gold in the Olympics. Because currently, it, I have, if I continue the way I am now, I have a overwhelmingly high likelihood that I will compete in the Olympics, at least, right? Uh, a lot of stuff would have to go wrong that I, that I don't. But I think rather to, to go for gold in the Olympics is, is what it means to me. And I, I feel really 
great that I, I can give not only myself, but Singapore a chance to go for another gold medal. Yeah, people have been comparing you to um, Joseph Schooling, who was Singapore's only gold medalist so far, and when he won all the way out in Brazil. How do you deal with such a you know expectation and make sure that it doesn't get to you or distract you in any way? I think the only thing that frustrates me about it is that, you know, I'm not looked as, you know, Maximilian Mater. I'm looked as, oh, the kid who's like Joseph Schooling, who's going to maybe get us another gold medal. So that, I, I believe that's, that's what frustrates me. Otherwise, it is pressure that I have to deal with. I believe that I can find a way around it. And for me, it's not that great. It's not that big of a pressure that I, you know, take it so heavily. But uh, yeah, it, it sort of does bother me a little bit that you say, you know, if I would be looked at as just the young guy with potential who can maybe give us another gold medal. It doesn't sit that right with me. I don't, I don't like that so much, but um, yeah. Max, you know, you've said that perfectly. You want to be the first Maximilian Mater, not the second Joseph Schooling. You need to remember the name. <laughs> Everyone out there, Max Mater. He is going to do incredible things in the future. Max, you're off to Thailand next in March for another competition. What are you most looking forward to about that? I'm looking forward to, to see how the Asian scene has risen and, and how what, what their level is currently because, you know, they've been disconnected from the European circuit and basically internationally for a long time now. So I wonder what um, what they were doing during their training and, you know, meeting all the Asian guys again and uh, seeing how they've improved. Can't wait to hear more about your success, Max, because you're on quite a journey here and I'm sure we're only going to hear more about you in the months to come. We've been in conversation with Maximilian Mader, or Max. He's a Singaporean kite foiler who's uh, creating his own path. He's writing his own script and he is on his way to stardom. Thank you so much for your time, Max, and I hope you have a great time out in Thailand and I wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being on here and uh, thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.